right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and with me once again, uh, back with us is Craig, who, uh, as I mentioned last time, had some unfortunate circumstances while he was on vacation. Um, Did you want to kind of give a little bit of an update, Craig, or anything on your current situation? Yeah, I can do that. Um, Basically, what happened was, um, I think about 4 o'clock in the morning, um, having a hard time sleeping. I had a little pain in my, like in my diaphragm uh, and right right below my ribs. And kind of thought maybe it was heartburn or something like that, that, you know, I wasn't eating particularly good that night. And then decided to, you know, go in and take an antacid. Um. And then it wasn't going away. It started getting a little bit worse, and then I decided to get up again, go take a shower. And meanwhile, I had I didn't wake up my wife, <laughs> so took a shower. It felt good, and then it still was kind of there. And then I went laid back down, and just progressively got worse and worse until I knew something wasn't right. And then that's when I had to wake up my wife. And then I laid down flat on my back and literally at a point to a point to where literally every breath I took was breathing in was um like severe pain so all my breaths became really short because I didn't want to feel the pain so in fact you need I needed to breathe in you know real deep with my nose and then out my mouth but I wasn't doing that because it caused so much pain so it Basically, I was just almost to a point where I passed out and screamed. So, and that's when, um, you know, my uh, my sister-in-law just happens to be a nurse. So she came over and said that um, it might be where the gallbladder is and something like that. And so my wife whisked me away to the hospital, and that's exactly what it was. Took some x-rays and then found out that um, my gallbladder was like, probably about 80 percent stones whoa <laughs> yeah about that so which is strange because i never felt pain like that ever in years and they said yeah you have so many of them <laughs> which is a little strange but um you know i'm not fat i'm not i'm in pretty okay shape and um but yeah i mean and then i got whisked away to um to uh, emergency, I uh, had to take an ambulance to East Lansing from a place up north. So I had a two-hour two and 15-minute ambulance drive to East Lansing. So I had to get my uh, gallbladder taken out. Oh, <laughs> so, man, I, I didn't realize that happened. Yeah, yeah. So I'm all gall. I have one organ missing. <laughs> that, so. That's uh, quite extensive there. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I heard it's pretty um, common. Most people go, "Oh yeah, which one called either gallbladder?" I didn't realize everybody does. But I think one of the things that was pretty interesting is, you know, I'm talking to my surgeon. I, in fact, I actually happen to know her really well. I've known her for 18 years. Um, and, and talking to her, she said, "Most people in the most people in this world have them. They just don't know they have them." Huh. So. 
Yeah. And I said, you're kidding. She said, no. And like for you, for instance, you didn't realize you had you know, these gallstones and you did. You had a bunch of them. She goes, in fact, you're a mess. <laughs> and and the thing was, it was really cool is the fact that none of the gallstones actually moved down one of the arteries or whatever moved down past the gallbladder, which is good. And then it would have been painful. And then I would, really would have had extensive surgery. So... So I actually thank God for that. So, but yeah. uh, had laparoscopic lat, lat, surgery, and you know, which is really good. They didn't really have to open me up too much. I got several holes <laughs> punctured in me, but um, doing better. You know, a little shortness of breath here and there, but uh, still a little, still in pain, but um, getting by. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it's good to have you back, and good to hear an update. And so. Uh, that's where Craig was out last week, and also that um, kind of actually will uh, we're going to be keeping things a little short tonight because, uh, as he said, with his breathing and everything, if he gets going, it can um, kind of flare up and cause issues again. So we're going to be keeping this one to be more of a shorter episode for us. So, yeah. But we'll go ahead and uh, since we're, we are keeping things a little bit shorter, uh, thanks for the update, Craig. We will go ahead and transition here into uh, some of the football talk then. All right. All right. We're going to keep this more uh, relaxed and everything, you know, keep things chill uh, for Craig, let him relax and settle in. But uh, something that I just kind of remembered and everything, we were discussing what we might be talking about, but we're just not, we're not keeping too much of a schedule with this one or um, uh, an outline. But uh, something that I mentioned in the last episode, and Craig, I'm not sure if you um, checked this out or not, but I remember mentioning... Um, an article that was posted by somebody from Yahoo Sports that it was kind of one of those interesting uh, articles where basically they're acknowledging the fact that Michigan is going through a difficult year from the standpoint of how many players that they're losing and um, it's not going to make anything easy for them. But then in the same article, they're also saying how it's uh, put up or shut up time for Jim Harbaugh because he's been doing all these things, but he hasn't been beating Ohio State and he hasn't had more than ten wins and blah blah blah. Um, the, the I'm not going to dive into to too much. I'll let you talk about um, that concept at all if you have anything to add. But the one thing that I did want to add is that I saw, cannot completely confirm, but I saw that there was a media reporter. I can't remember if it was directly related to Yahoo or not, but there was a media reporter who kind of called out the person who wrote that article and mentioned that they were like a go-to media person for Urban Meyer. And I wow. thought I thought that was very kind of interesting. And so again, I'm saying that like some somebody said it, somebody put it out there, um, but they. Uh, they mentioned that, and so I cannot confirm that, but that was mentioned. I thought that was kind of interesting. And if there is any uh, truth to that, I find that rather comical that there's an article stating that Michigan is going through a tough year, but uh, all in the same thing. It doesn't matter. This is put up or shut up. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has to prove something. 
Well, in a way, I mean, I think this year is going to be interesting. I don't think it's a, a – I think the wording in all this is wrong. I think even with Michigan fans, we don't believe that. We don't We don't say this is a tough year. I think this is a, a growing year. I mean, we've got – Making a tough year doesn't mean because you lost that many players to the NFL draft and you have that many players drafted um, to the NFL means that you're having a tough year. I mean, in a way, it's interesting because, you know, if you take, for instance, Ohio State, who had about 12 players, I, I believe, drafted a couple what, a year ago or two years ago. And they, you know, you never heard the words they're going to go through a tough year. So it's only with Michigan and Harbaugh that I think these words seem to come up. And I think it's attached to him because I think, you know, the media has this bias against him that they like to see him fail or they are hoping that he does. So to me, I think this is the regrowth. I don't believe at all this is a. Uh, uh, going to be a tough year for us. I just think it's a growth period for us, and and everybody knows that we got so much talent coming in that we're reloading. In a sense, we are totally almost reloading this entire football team from beginning to end, and from you know first string to third string. So, and that's what I see. Yeah. Well, I um, I th- I think where they're coming from is the standpoint that. Jim Harbaugh is just going into his third year, so he only has one full recruiting class with him. Right. And that makes that's part of the thing that makes it difficult because I, I do also, I mean, like Ohio State went through a very similar thing, but Ohio State only had one year where they maybe had one down year recruiting class when um, Luke Fickle was the head coach. But, I mean, so that they had that year where they lost several players, but they had recruiting class after recruiting class after class um, that was filled with players. And, yes, Michigan has had its good years with recruiting, but obviously there are specific kinds of players that Jim Harbaugh targets that uh, Brady Hoke maybe didn't target, but then also recruiting very evidently before Jim Harbaugh was here is not what it was since he's been here. So I think I think I cannot – exactly completely confirm this part of the reason why people are thinking that it's going to be a tough year for Michigan is because he doesn't have that backup of multiple recruiting classes under his belt as some coaches have that luxury yeah I mean in a way if you think about it if you take this what they say it kind of takes me back to what Hoke did I mean what we can say is did Hoke recruit well he did, but I think there was one mistake that Hope did, you know, and well, there's quite a few mistakes he did, but uh, obviously player development. But um, I think, you know, when I was kind of researching and thinking about it, about this exact same thing about what Michigan's going through and losing all these talented players, is the reason why you want to have every year have a good stable of players coming in is because you want – to replace, like, let's say you have a senior uh, safety. You've got two senior safeties. Well, to me, in a way, that's that's good. But to me, that might be not a good thing. Maybe you want a senior safety and a junior, 
you know, once you we you always want a junior or a sophomore in that mix, so their ex- game experience. And Harbaugh came in with mostly seniors, and they're all at a high level. But then when they left, they're gone. I mean, what what happened to the next group that came in? They really didn't have any playing time. <laughs> they really didn't have any way of. I mean, we there's no way you could lose that many. There should have been another wave of guys coming in there that had playing experience and they did not. And that's the tough part. I think Michigan's going to go through if that's what they mean is, you know, you got, you know, look at our secondary. I mean, we lost so much in the secondary. We should have had at least some sophomores and freshmen during that time playing. And they, we didn't have any at that time when Jim Harbaugh came in. So, and I think, uh, I think Hope made that big mistake on doing that. But, uh, um, yeah, I think it's a, a growing period. I just don't think, um, they're as bad as what they think it is. But, uh, do I think Harbaugh needs a win out this year? I don't. I think we're Michigan fans are going to give him a pass and, um, just because we've lost so many players and they see what this, that last, uh, recruiting session and this one that's coming up is going to do next year. So, yeah, no, I agree with that too. And, um, <clears throat> Uh, we'll see how it pans out, but then that um, that brings to mind something else that um, I kind of had a discussion. Maybe it was today or yesterday. Um, uh, another article, changing subjects a little bit, on how people are saying that Michigan could be a dark horse for making the college football playoffs. What is your reaction to that? Like, if somebody when somebody says Michigan is a dark horse in the race for making the college football playoffs. What, what's your reaction to that? It's kind of weird hearing Michigan Wolverines and then dark horse <laughs> because we, we should always expect to be in the mat, you know, in the playoff. So when I hear that attached, you know, I would expect something like, you know, maybe a team like, uh, you know, let's, let's say Louisville you know, as a dark horse to be into the national playoff. Yeah. You know, a team like that who doesn't quite often get in there, but Michigan should. But, uh, I think that they're saying dark horse just because we have so much talent, but that's raw talent and they don't know exactly what's going to happen. And it, it kind of piggies backs off this exact thing that I read is, you know, I think ESPN came out and just said that Michigan is, was, to them, the biggest mystery college football team in in the country. And they put that as the biggest mystery in 2017 football year. Uh, do I agree with it? I do. I do believe that because we're sitting at what? Uh, what are we ranked at? 17? I believe so. Somewhere around there. And, you know, you got a 17th ranked team and, you, and we have all this mystery surrounding us because we don't know. Um, we have one returning what defensive guy <laughs> and then we have about four offensive line no, offensive people coming in here so yeah there's a lot of mystery to that and i believe i agree with that but um um i just think that um you know i think harbaugh is doing it the right way i think he just needs uh, i think you're going to see him play a lot of freshmen you're going to see him play a lot of seniors but i think I, he, I think he realizes that the fact we need to have a good, uh, a senior leadership 
in there. We need to see some sophomores and freshmen and juniors sprinkled in there so they have game time experience so we don't have to go through this again next year. Or let's say three years from now when we lose all those seniors. You know, and I'm for the best player on the field, but, you know, there's times where I'm like, man, we had way too many seniors last year. They might have been game experience, but, man, it kind of hurt us. So um, I don't think I don't think Jim Harwell wants to go through this again. So, yeah, no, it's not an ideal situation. That's for sure. Uh, as far as the dark horse comment and everything, I believe that you and I are on the same page of things because you're you're essentially saying you don't feel like it applies to Michigan and I don't either because right. uh but not so much from the standpoint um you were mentioning kind of how you know Michigan is Michigan and shouldn't really be considered in that conversation because of the program the history or you know just usually uh maybe not recent uh recently but usually being in that conversation i look at more as um i don't think they should be in the conversation not just because they're michigan but because i don't think that term that title really reflects their position because i was explaining it to someone essentially it's like if uh Michigan doesn't do particularly well and goes like nine and three. Are people going to be really shocked or surprised? No. no. If Michigan happens to go undefeated and go 12 and 0, are people going to be shocked? Yeah. I, I lean more towards no. I mean, yes, yeah. there will be some surprise, but as far as like yeah. shock, like, oh my gosh, Michigan was actually good. I think people kind of have in the back of their mind, they already know that Michigan has the potential to be good. So with a dark horse, it's more of like, in my mind, and actually maybe I should have looked exactly what the definition is, but in my mind, a dark horse is, you know, somebody who is not being put in the national, uh, in the college football playoff conversation really at all. And Michigan has been in that conversation a little bit whether people are saying, oh, they're going to be on the brink of it again and just on the outside looking in. But they're they're right there basically in or near that conversation. I don't really think that qualifies them for being a dark horse. Now, going back to the shock and surprise element, the thing that the one thing that could have obviously if it's a catastrophe year and it goes extremely poorly, I think that would shock a lot of people. I know some people are hoping for that outside of the Michigan fan base. Um because you hear about them talking about it all the time. But the thing that would shock me that Michigan could do in a positive way is if they do run the table, but they just completely dominate everyone. Like if they're winning every game by multiple touchdowns and uh, they put the second string in, you know, early in the second halves or, you know, against rivalry teams and things like that, that's the part that I th- would shock me is just them bulldozing everybody if they went undefeated i would be surprised but Mm -hmm. not to a huge extent where i would be shocked that happened right that's interesting but if you say dark horse i mean you you know quote the quotes around dark horse from michigan i mean is that literally saying the same thing at espn did quotes around were the biggest mystery i mean do they are they just are they is it a similar term i mean in a way they are it's like saying dark horse we're the biggest mystery it's um in a way are people overlooking us in a way that 
it's kind of what I see the way they're saying it about being a dark horse. And maybe they are about the talent we have coming in. And the biggest mystery is kind of attach itself to it because of the very fact is it is a mystery because the very fact is why are we a dark horse? Because we don't know. They don't know. We They know we have talent coming in. And they know that we are a biggest mystery because they know the talent we're coming in, but we don't know, heck, even what the starting quarterback's going to be. <laughs> so um, we don't know what's going on in the secondary. We don't know what's going on with the receivers. We don't know um, what our tight ends are going to look. We, we're kind of revamping this whole system as far as players. But uh, in a way, it's interesting that Michigan's being labeled the dark horse, the biggest mystery, and um, almost this we don't know quote team of the year and i think it's well suited and kind of put on us now i guess my question be to you is do you see dark horse being a good thing for michigan in a good light do you see it as a good place for michigan to be in or do you see it as you know the term quote disrespect that we haven't getting disrespected because i don't see michigan ever using that word disrespected yeah, um, no, I don't use the word disrespected. I don't really usually think that applies. Um, as far as being in that, under that label, I, I'm not saying I, I don't think it, it should be used. I, I was just mainly saying from my mindset of how that word is used, I don't think it's really something that Michigan would be lumped in. But I think it's okay. I'm fine with it. I'd rather be underrated than overrated. So uh, I'm okay with that. To mention, I did just go ahead and Google the actual definition of dark horse, and it says a candidate or competitor about whom little is known, but who unexpectedly wins or succeeds. So it's a little contradictory because um, a competitor about whom little is known, and that that is, that directly applies. I mean, we've just been talking about that, how Michigan is the mystery team. So right. there you go. That that defines right. Michigan. Right. But here's the thing that kind of doesn't fit Michigan is who unexpectedly wins or succeeds is because people expect Michigan to succeed. They don't maybe don't expect them to succeed at the highest level of making the playoffs, but they do expect them to succeed and still have what most consider a successful year with kind of uh, most people bouncing around nine wins. Right. So it's interesting. I guess uh, maybe I I can't remember exactly how it was quoted. If they said it was a, they were a college football playoff dark horse. I don't, I don't know. I just find it interesting. It was just kind of like saying how it kind of fits, kind of doesn't. But it's an interesting term because I usually think of dark horse as more of the underdog type thing where like you even said, like putting Louisville in that position, I would feel would be more fitting for a dark horse because who's talking about Louisville, you know, not really anybody in that realm because you're you're talking about the Alabama, Ohio state, Oklahoma, Clemson, Michigan's thrown into that conversation. And uh, then Penn State's even thrown around there, USC. So you've got some of those. So I'm like, I think of Dark Horse like outside of that. Right. So right. that that's my thought process with it. I thought it was an interesting word to you uh, that they used. I mean, it, it's uh, applicable, but. Well, yeah. And the, in, to use, quote, biggest mystery attached to Michigan, it is. And it's going to be that way with Michigan fans come when we play 
in September against the, the Gators. Um, trust me, that label and that word is going to be thrown around because, trust me, I think Michigan fans, all Michigan fans are going to walk in and thinking about that game going, not knowing what to 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 see. It is a mystery to see who's going to do what, who's going to shine that day, uh, even the who's going to start at the, the main position of quarterback, too, which is in – uh, in question, but, um, yeah, and, but, uh, you know, who's going to step up at receiver, who's going to be the tight end go to uh, what secondary is going to be in line and who's going to make the plays, you know, who's going to be the guy, the player of that, that game, that's going to really step out that we won't know about. So it'll be really, really interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of surprises, but, uh, and I think, you know, you were that uh, some of these labels I'm perfectly fine with and and I'm all right having the dark horse and the biggest mystery attached to us so. yeah well I, I had to share this because apparently it's not a big mystery for some people because somebody is uh declaring and I'm not going to go into exactly who this is but on social media of course they're fans with their opinions but a non-Michigan fan uh is certain almost guaranteeing that michigan is going to be a four to five loss team so yeah i saw that yeah quite, quite interesting <laughs> yeah so losing all the big games that we've talked about florida penn state ohio state wisconsin and then they threw in there that uh an upset against minnesota so oh yeah even true hate you know i might hate ohio state but i'm certainly not gonna put them in the three to four loss <laughs> Uh, corral so no i'm not gonna do that yeah just hate to hate i guess yeah but anyways um so a couple a few other things to be able to talk about uh something i wanted to bring up because i had a conversation with some people about this and so i thought it was uh good to share this again i know back uh, a while when the Corey malone hatcher um announcement was made where he was uh, retiring because of medical issues and he wasn't going to be playing football. At the time, we didn't know for sure if that meant that there was going to be an open scholarship. I have not confirmed and found the information myself, but there was a conversation going on with some people on social media and some people, uh, someone was asking about it. I was going to look into it further, but I uh, multiple people jumped into the conversation and said that they have found that is confirmed that there will be an open scholarship due to him retiring and going on to a medical leave, medical scholarship. So that frees up a football position, a uh, football well. team member scholarship position. So I just wanted to mention that because I know some people were asking questions about that. Yeah, well, that was a questionable thing, whether that slot would open up and it gives us an extra scholarship, but that's a good thing. So that'll be able to fill that up. So yeah. uh, that's good news. Yeah, so on the conversation of recruits then, um, there have definitely been the recent events going on with that. A uh, good day with the barbecue, and I don't have that list in front of me of everything that happened at the barbecue, but since even since the barbecue, there have been two instances of um, recruits uh, committing to Michigan for the 2018 class. Um, if anyone is not aware, um, the first one that came across was 
uh, linebacker Cameron McGron. 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 Yep. Um, committing to Michigan uh, a couple days ago. And then the other one, the other name, which uh, was just today, was uh, another 2018 member from Naples, Florida, and that's a cornerback, Sammy Faustin. Yeah, three-star. Yeah. Oh, so and- six two, six two. I think he's like 185. So, little he's rangy, which is good. So, um, pretty quick. Um, but uh, we'll see where you see. But the thing is, he's brought he's getting brought in as a safety. I think I don't think he's he's used to a corner, but I think he's a hybrid safety corner guy. So he'll be brought in as a safety, and we'll see how he does. So. Yeah, but, and yeah. I, uh, so we've had uh, success with the recruiting class. Let me see here. Actually, I don't think I had it down. Yeah, just looked up. Cameron uh, is a four star. Uh, yeah. So a three star and a four star. Yeah. Excellent, excellent grab from Michigan. Obviously, four star linebacker, but. Um, um, ranked 217th player in the country, so and number two ranked player outside linebacker in the state of Indiana. So great grab from Michigan you know, over getting over Indiana's hometown and Notre Dame. So great guy. I'm, I mean, that's a great pick. And six foot one, 215 pounds. So I'll probably put a little bit of meat on him, and that's uh, a great. Great grab for Michigan. We needed that. So, yeah, uh, absolutely great stuff happening with that. And um, of course, recruiting is just kind of in the middle of things. Actually, uh, if people didn't notice, with the whole new uh, was it the early um, signing period now? Mm-hmm. Um, people may have seen the um, official offers go out this week uh of course going earlier because the early signing period um so i thought that was kind of interesting taking uh note of that and i i kind of even wasn't thinking about it because i the time timetable and everything with recruiting is still relatively fresh with me and everything but yeah i noticed that somebody uh commented on how this year it's coming out in a different time frame timetable because of the early signing period so yep yep well, and and the thing is, we got also a tight end. We got the Luke Schoonmaker from uh, Connecticut. Um, he's uh, I think about six foot six, um, two hundred, I think sixteen pounds. Two, no, two hundred twenty five pounds. Um, Three star recruit. So um, that fills that need of tight end that everybody was kind of a little bit worried about. Um, I know he's the three star, but uh, it's a good grab from Michigan. I think. Um, uh, be able to do some good things with him here so able to fill that position and i think we did get one more in uh outside tackle in nolan rumner rum rumler so that was a great grab from michigan too so um offensive lineman for 2019 so we actually what we did was you picked up a couple guys from 2018 and then we picked up a couple guys from 2019 class which is big and nolan rum rumler was a big one and uh uh, stefan heron was the was the grand prize five-star defensive end gonna be a stud so the problem is we got to keep them (laughs) yeah 
keep getting some effort to keep him here and uh, give him some love. And it's good to see him committed, but uh, hope he stays. He's a special, special player. Yeah, we've had um, some luck with that, and we've had some misfortune with that, um, as we saw kind of in the past year with some players staying on. Obviously, long-term, long-term haul, Kurt Taylor was on board a long time, and then uh, we did lose some along the way. Name's escaping me now, but I have a picture of the face. So, yeah, we'll have to watch that as that goes along and um, moves forward with that. So, uh, Craig, I know that uh, we were keeping this short, so you good with uh, good with that? Did you want to mention anything else uh, before we go, or...? No, doing well. But uh, thanks everybody for their uh, thoughts and prayers and things on Twitter. That was really cool. Appreciate it. So needed it. Yep. Uh, yep. Good to have Craig back. Uh, I know it's a little bit shorter of an episode, but I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Do kind of also want to mention that. Uh, not sure exactly if it will be directly related with our. Uh, podcast, but we are going to be doing some stuff, uh, anticipating to do some stuff this Friday with Rashawn with the blueprint. So, uh, there might be some interesting things that we'll be sharing with that. We'll be sure to, uh, mention anything on the podcast. If there's some extra, uh, production that we did somewhere, we'll, we'll let you guys know about that. And, uh, yeah. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, we'll, we should be back full swing into things next week, uh, hoping and praying that uh, things continue to improve for Craig. But I think uh, we'll call it good right there. Sounds good. All right. Well, we thank you guys, as always, for uh, tuning in. Uh, this episode is coming out later in the week, so the weekend's almost here. Hopefully that gets here quickly for you, and we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue. All right. All right. All right. All right.